0: Hebrews chapter four. And we uh it's a little bit darker up here. Uh, we're hoping to get the the light replacement comes in tomorrow, I think. So uh a little bit darker up here than it normally is. This is the dark side, this is the light side. And so uh Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh that side but um we'll get that replaced uh hopefully tomorrow maybe maybe it'll come in uh in time we can do that but at least by this sunday the uh we we saw last wednesday that the the there was a wonderful incredible blessing that we have today and that's found in verse 9. if you look at uh, in hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 it says there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of god and that's uh you need that rest john I just saw you walk in and I saw you plop down. And I thought, <laughs> loving that new job, aren't you? <laughs> uh, looked a little tired when he came in. Uh, but there is a rest to the people of God, for he that entereth into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And then he says in verse eleven let us theref- let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief and so God wants us in that rest, he wants us to to enter into that rest, he wants us to live there in that rest and and you know the truth is is he it's salvation uh gives us that rest we work we rest from our working for salvation." But God also gives us rest in His principles of the Word of God. He just, he just gives us rest. You know, you know the truth is, if we, if we believe the Bible and we quit worrying when we go to bed, then, uh, then we actually get rest when we sleep. And then if we, if we sleep good, then we wake up rested. And, uh, and why is that? It's because we gave it to God. We cast all our care upon Him. Amen. Uh, and so uh, there's, there's principles that give us rest through this daily life. So last week I mentioned that we need not be confused by the word labor, though. And I'm just, this is a little bit of a kind of a rehash. It, and that labor means to hasten, to be diligent, to make haste. It, what God's saying when he says labor he's saying what it, really he says I, I need you to start doing this right now he said I, I need you to, well, one I need you to get saved right now I don't need you to put that off if you want my rest you got to you got to trust me now and and if you want my rest then you got to start believing my word and so the uh, uh God wants his people to start now living by faith And I said, faith is active, not passive. And so, if we're going to have this rest, we must actively seek the face of God. You know, the the closer we are to God, if we keep that sweet relationship with God, uh, the truth is, we call it different things. We may call it peace. We may call it, uh, you know, just uh, it's kind of a fulfillment. But the fact is, is that truthfully, it's the lighter yoke. It's the burden is is lifted off of us because we have a sweet relationship with God. When you have a sweet relationship with God that you know he's going to take care of everything. And so we just kind of quit worrying about everything. It's going to be okay. Uh, you, you know... Uh, I learned this uh, so much from my daddy, but but no matter what we went through, it, and uh, and we never had much money, never had much uh, anything like, uh, like that, and 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 I'm sure uh, there's some really rough spots. But but when I was young and married, and and suddenly paying the bills myself, and uh, realizing that man, you know, uh, this is a lot more to this than I thought, especially since I'm making seven hundred and forty nine dollars a month at on the police department. Uh, you know, I thought, wow, uh, you know, my dad always and my mom always went to Canale's Grocery and they just got gas and they got groceries and and he just put it on the ticket. I never saw him pull out a wallet or nothing. And so we got married and I started doing the same thing. I go Canale's Grocery and I get gas and I and one day I walked in and Con looked at me, Con Canale, and he said, uh, Robert, uh, do you know how much your bill is? I said, no, what do you, what is, he says, $600, I said, say what, I, I, you know, she's in the nursery, so I can say it, I knew it was that woman, and so, uh, <laughs> but, but, I, man, I would just, I mean, and $600 when you're making 750 in a month, uh, this is a problem, and I was scared to death, and, and uh, I, I thought, man, what am I going to do, and, and I, I went, I was there, and my dad, and I said, you know, we lived pretty close to each other. I actually just crossed the pasture from each other. And so uh, it, my dad was over something, or I was over, I don't know. And I said, man, you know, Con just told me my bill is $600. And, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And my dad, he's looked at me, he said, son, I told you all your life. It'll be okay. It'll work out. And you know what? It worked out. It did. I got my income tax back a few weeks later, and I paid, I took my whole income tax return, and I paid off my grocery bill, and I never charged nothing else, (laughs) nothing. I tell her, I don't care if you have to buy 50 cents worth of gas. That's all we're getting. We're not charging nothing. Now, fact is, though, is that dad always just, that was his mentality. It's going to be okay. I I wrecked a car one time, and, and, and it took everything I saved up to go to college. I had... I had fourteen hundred dollars I'd saved up for college, and uh, between my senior year and my and my freshman year in college, and 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 I wrecked my aunt's car, and when when they and she she didn't want to put it on her insurance, which I just didn't understand, still don't, um, but she said, you know, I think it'd be best that I don't put this on my insurance. So I said, well, 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 then that means we have to pay cash, and she said, no, that doesn't mean we do, and so. <laughs> And so, and you know what it cost? It cost me $1,400 to fix that car. I wrecked that thing. It took out, wiped out everything. And I said, Dad, I, I was so upset because I'd worked all summer long to save this money. And, and I looked at him, I said, it just doesn't seem fair. And my dad said, son, just be glad you had the money to pay it. You know, truth is, it was a good thing I had the money to pay it. And, and you know, the, the fact is, is that, we just have to kind of relax a little bit and realize if you're a child of God, your father is telling you the same thing my daddy did, it's going to be okay. He's given you a plan and a program. It's going to be okay. And so now, uh, and then I mentioned to you that, you know, Mueller, who was an amazing, amazing man and, and fed so many thousands of orphans, he said, I've always considered it the first business of the day to get my own soul happy in the Lord and uh, so now now we're going to pick up uh, verse 11 we mentioned verse 11 last time but we're going to you'll know, pick up there he says let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief and of course the example of unbelief was what we just read about them being in the wilderness and and that they didn't they didn't have uh, belief in God and so uh, in that example of unbelief kept them from the rest that God had for them um, but he says there, he says, let us labor. Now, every command, and here's, here's, here's the, the something I want everybody to grasp, and, and, and one, I want you to start looking at the Bible this way, but every command, principle, or teaching we receive has to have a procedure for fulfillment. Every, everything God tells us to do, he doesn't just tell us to do it, he's going to tell us how. He's going to give us the procedure to how to follow through with it. God doesn't just, you know, God doesn't come and say, you know, like uh, I might do to somebody, you know, walk up to them and their car is broken down and me just say, fix it. Well, you know what? That won't help guys like me because I can't fix it. I don't know anything about it. But you know what God does? God has this incredible YouTube. You know, he, he does. Everything that comes up Somebody has already got the plan of how to do it, and that somebody is all through the book of this Bible right here it's all in there about how to do it so what I'm, we're going to look at right now, just a couple of verses tonight, we begin to see this uh, this procedure, this fulfillment procedure uh in verse twelve. Now God has told us that we that we ought to uh, you know we ought to labor. Uh, to be in his rest. And so now he's going he's to tell us how this all takes place. Look at verse 12. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. And that's a very familiar verse, but we usually just take this verse and we use it out of context, not improperly, but, but it's real important that we look at it in context. He says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart this is so important here this this verse here if we're going to live by faith then we must understand uh what romans 10 17 tells us and that it says so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god you see We're not going to come to the rest that God has for us unless we understand faith. And we're not going to have faith unless we find it from the Word of God. And here in verse 12, it tells us, God says, here's how I'm going to get you to my rest. Here's how you're going to find my rest. It doesn't just happen, there's a procedure. Now, it's the Word of God. That rest is found in the Word of God. It's not simply possessing the Word of God. It's not simply uh, saying we believe it. Uh, Forgive me, it's not simply just showing up for Wednesday night church. It's not just simply doing those things. It's actually hearing it. It's, It's believing it. It's applying it to our lives. Now, the Word of God changes us when we allow it to do its work in us. And this is what he's telling us. He said, the word of God is, is it, man, uh, this description, it will change you if you'll let it. Now, the, the priest cut the sacrifice and separated it at the joints. Even those words are important. But God says his word cuts to the heart of man. What, what's really going on inside of you and me? What do we really believe? The word of God reveals what a, a man really believes. It is clear that the primary dissecting is between the soul and the spirit. Though in this in this verse, uh, where where the real dissecting takes place, is it between the soul and the spirit? Now. Uh, it, so one man wrote it this way uh, i think this was larkin and wrote it this way the outer circle you know he he put down three circles and a big circle and then a, a smaller circle inside of that and a smaller circle inside of that and said you know the bigger circle is the body the inner circle is the soul and the the very inner circle is the spirit and, and that's the way he kind of said it. And he said this that the the that big circle is uh, is is the material world through the five senses is how the body kind of connects through its sight smell hearing taste and touch now the soul though is the imagination the conscience the memory the reason and the affections the spirit this is what a man says that the spirit receives impressions of outward material things through the soul the spirit the spiritual faculties of the spirit are faith hope reverence Prayer and worship. Now, I think that's, that's pretty good, but I simplify it like this. The soul is who you are temporally. Mind, emotions, thoughts, and desires. The spirit is that part of man that gives us the ability to have a relationship with God. If our spirit is made alive by God's spirit, then our spirit will live forever through the spirit of God. Now, our spirit, that small s, will yearn for God's spirit our soul may simply desire our desires and so God says there's a division that's got to take place here I might have to cut here what he's saying is he says through the Word of God you can find out if you're soul oriented or spirit oriented where's your focus God wants us to be able to separate the two so that we know what is of God and what is of our own will and desires. You know, we need to know that. That's why, folks, we need to be very careful about making decisions too quickly. Uh, those decisions, and I used to say this all the time at the college with young people, if it's a life-changing ta- decision, man, you don't make that quickly. You need to pray about that. You need to get counsel about that. You need to get direction about that. Now, if it's a decision whether to get a vanilla milkshake or a chocolate milkshake, that's simple. Get them both. And so, you know, that's easy. But, but now, when it's a life-changing decision, Listen, God needs to be involved in that, and you need to make sure that you're not making an emotional decision. That decision needs to be a spiritual decision. Now, as we look at and define what is found in this verse, hopefully the scripture will become a little bit more clear. Again, I'm going to read it again. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart first of all uh if you you study much you know this but the word quick means alive so the word of god is not just innate information it, It it's it's alive. It's a it's it's a living word. This is why you can read the same passage over and over and never stop learning from it, because it's living. Now, if it's just information, you read and you get one thing that some man meant out of that, and that's really, you get, you know, okay, what did he really mean there? Okay, bam, I got it. But you read the Word of God, it's going gonna, gonna to keep teaching you. You know, if we had one chapter, you're stranded someplace and had one chapter, or if you had one verse, I believe you could read that one verse every day the rest of your life and learn something new every day. You see, it's powerful. Now, that word powerful means active effectual. You see, that power is a working power. That power is is something that's going to do something. It's going to make something happen. He says, for the word of God is quick, it's alive, and it's powerful. It's going to do something. It will affect you. It will affect you. And let me tell you, if it's not affecting you, you need to talk to God. You say, well, that's why I don't read the Bible, because I don't get anything out of it. Let me tell you, if you're not getting anything out of it, you better keep reading till you do. You better keep begging God. Let me tell you, what you need to do is before you begin and while you're reading, quit, quit worrying about how much you read and just say, Lord, please, Holy Spirit, this spiritually written book this must be spiritually understood book. Therefore, Holy Spirit, guide my mind, direct my mind, teach me. Listen, God wants you to know His word more than you do. Sharper means decisive cuts. Uh, even implies like a sling, single blow or every blow cuts. It's two-edged. That's that's what everybody. Listen, it's cutting, coming, and going. This God says every word out here cuts. Every time you make a blow with this, every scripture, every verse, every passage is cutting. And God says, watch this, you don't have to hack away, it'll cut through. If we're to live by faith, if we're to enter into his rest, we must allow the word of God to judge our hearts and our intents. And that's really what it's coming down to. You see, when he says between soul and spirit, he says what I'm doing is, he said, I'm going to find out. What do you really believe? Why are you doing what you do? He said, the truth is, if you'll read my, spiritually read my spiritually written book, it'll tell you. It'll show you. It'll convict you. The word of God is the only thing that can cut to the heart of the matter. The word of God will reveal to us if we are truly saved. All I had in my dorm room was little Gideon's Bible. And in the back of that, five verses. I didn't have anybody to interpret those verses or to explain those verses. But the Word of God did. They cut away that night. They sliced me that night. I'll even show you a, a more of what really happened that night. The Word of God will reveal to us whether we are living or for ourselves or for god the word of god will show you that it'll show you whether you're living for yourself or for god yeah it goes back to the solar spirit the word of god will reveal to us whether we live for temporal or eternal you know I god bless them i mean god gives different gifts to everybody but but you know when when i talk to christian people and everything they want to talk about is the financial world i want to say to them i don't mind talking about something and i'm glad that you're good here and i'm glad but but if that's everything you put on facebook if that's everything you talk if that's everything comes out of your mouth every time we meet have you read anything out of the bible The Word of God will reveal to us whether we live for the temporal or the eternal. There is no facade that we can put up that the Word of God cannot see through. There's no hypocrisy that the Word of God will not reveal. The Scripture says to study to show thyself approved. Study is labor, it's labor. But study of the word of God will bring us into rest for the word of God will cut away the dross in our lives that brings weariness and oppression. You see, We have to labor, we have to go to the Word of God, and we have to labor in the Word of God, but as we labor in the Word of God, as it cuts away in us, it actually is not wearying us, the labor is not wearying us, it's cutting away the draws, it's cutting away the pain, it's cutting away those things that have negatively influenced us, and so the truth is we start feeling lighter. The word of God will bring conviction the word of God will reveal to us how desperately wicked our hearts are our first thought is how does this bring us rest when we are clean and not weighed down with sin our burden is light Listen, anybody in here, if we really want to testify, if we, if any time that we feel like we finally got unloaded, that we maybe came to an altar in a service and, and got everything right, we got cleansed, maybe maybe you were in a counseling service with, uh, a session with Micah uh, a uh, uh, spiritual warfare counseling, and you walked out of it. Can I tell you, if you'll be honest with you, when you had those times where you unload the truck on God, when you dump all your sin and weaknesses on God, when you put all your burdens on God you don't walk you float out of there you got energy you never dreamed you had you got strength again you feel like living again that's God's rest when we understand our wickedness and sin we understand the need to be cleansed and that cleansing takes the weight of sin off our shoulders The word of God will cut so deep that if we have trusted in our own works, we will feel the pain of the knife in every joint and marrow of our being. You see, I just believe that that you can't, that you may reject what God does, but he's going to cut because that's what it says. It's the word of God that cuts, and if we'll get into it, it's going to cut. Now, we may fight it. We may reject it, but it's going to cut. Now, the joint is our, you know, when it talks about the joint and marrow, I believe the joint is a picture of our functional living. It's, 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 it's our everyday physical life. God says, you know, what do you live, what do you use your energy for? What's your real purpose in what you do? What are you, what are you doing with your life? the marrow is our life itself you know it's it's you know god says i've given you you know maybe you know, maybe I have 80 years, you know, uh, three score and 10 and, you know, 80 if, if you know, by, by strength, you know, and so maybe I have 80 years. Well, I, God says, I've given you this life, this marrow to, to live. I've given you that life and marrow. You're not going to live without the marrow. And so you, he said, I've given you this life to live. He said, but, but each day, what are you going to actually physically do for me? What are you going to, how are you going to invest in my life, my, my work? How are you going to invest your life into me what are you going to do if I have eternal life how I live should be different but if I do not have eternal life then my way of living will determine the kind of life I have then did you hear what I just said because I think it's important the big question is does our life determine our living or does our living determine our life does our life determine our living or does our living determine our life? If I have eternal life, how I live should be different. But if I do not have eternal life, then my way of living will determine the kind of life I'll have. You see that if I'm, when I was lost, the way I was living was determining that kind of life I had. And the kind of life I had was one where I was angry. I was frustrated. I was fearful, fearful of the future. I mean, as a college student, I'm thinking, man, what's life? I'm going to graduate from college, and for what? So I can get up in the morning and go to work? So, I can come home and sit in front of the TV, so I can eat a meal, so I can go to bed, so I can get up in the morning, and go to work, so I can go through that same routine again. What's the purpose? I was lost, and this is what I'm thinking. Why, do I, why would I even want to do that? It's miserable. There's got to be more to life than that. And I'm not saying that all of us don't have to do that to exist, but as we do it, there ought to be some greater purpose behind the doing of it all. How intense and powerful is the effect of the Word of God on man? Look, look at verse 13. So I was going to get through two verses. I'm not sure I'm going to get through but one. But uh, Verse 13 says, Neither... Is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight? So he just said, The word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any of the sword. Man, he's cutting away. He's, man, he's cutting away between your soul and spirit and the, and the bone and the marrow, the joint and the marrow. And he, man, he's, God, he, the word of God's getting to you. And he said, And there's no creature that is not manifest in his sight. God says, I see all of you. I know exactly who you are, I know exactly what you are. But look at this, he says, but, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, how intense and powerful, uh, it, 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 <laughs> this verse reveals in one word in this passage, uh, there's one word in this passage is so important, and, and when we first look at it, we think, well, okay, it's the, the word naked, you know, that because we're just, you know, we're just tripped Naked in front of God, there's nothing hidden from God. But even though it's clear that there's nothing hidden in our physical life, and I believe that's what naked is talking about, there's nothing hidden in my actions, there's nothing hidden in the the things that I do, the places I go, the the words I say, the things I think, there's nothing hidden. I'm completely naked before God. But the most important word, most powerful word in this to me is the word opened opened because when you read that open means to seize by the throat or the neck to expose the gullet of a victim basically you grab them and cut them open and god says do you understand you don't hide anything from me on the outside or on the inside God says, you're just like a gutted deer. I can see everything in you. Boy, that's powerful. God says he's, he sees inside our thoughts, our secret desires, our anger, our lust, our jealousy, our hatred, our prejudice, our deception, our callousness. God sees all of it. And he uses the word that means just cutting you open. Yeah, I didn't just strip you naked, I will cut you open. You know, I, look, I it's like the 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 deer, you hang him up and and you're not just you're not just scanning him, you gotta cut him open. And that's what God says he does with us. But before we conclude, on this, it's just really it's two verses, but before we conclude, understand that as intense as all this is in these few verses, they are not written to bring fear or despair. They are written so that we might enter into his rest. Now, here's the whole thing. <laughs> God's just making it real clear. He's saying, look, I want you to come in my rest, but if you're going to do it, there's something that you've got to let open you up. There's something that you gotta let strip you naked. There's something that you gotta l- understand will reveal everything, even what you don't even realize you know about yourself. It'll reveal it to you. It will reveal the thoughts and intents of your own heart. And not reveal it to others, it'll reveal it to you. All right. I got about three or four minutes. Here's my my illustration. Didn't find it anywhere, wrote it myself, okay, so here's the illustration. Anybody here you ever walked twenty miles? feel like you did that today yeah. they you know when I was in high school, they had what they what they call that walkathon twenty miles walkathon and you know you didn't care what you did as long as you got out of school, so but I uh there was a little girl that was uh crippled in, in our class. And she came to me and she said, uh, you know, our senior class, and she came to me, little blonde haired thing, she's only about this big and 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 she had these big old braces and stuff, and she came to me and she said, I wanna go on the walk. And I said, Okay. <laughs> she said, Will you help me? I said, Sure. And so I didn't realize that within, you know, about fifty yards now i was carrying her and then i carry i carried her in my arms i put her on my back you know i carried her every way you could carry her and then we went past the store and i borrowed a grocery basket and i put her in a grocery basket and i walked her that 20 miles listen i was wore slap out folks i was tired and i was young and strong can you now what if right now today Somebody came to you, I came to you, and and told you, you need to be, you need to go 20 miles from here, but I have no car, no transportation, I got nothing for you. Now, if you, uh, if I told you that you had to make a 20-mile trip, but you had no car, no money, no transportation, you're going to have to walk, do you think you'd be tired when you got there? Anybody think you'd be tired? I think both Foster sitting here. He said, "No, I wouldn't be tired because I ain't going." <laughs> exactly what you said. Well, he just whispered to his wife. I saw he's saying. He said, "No, I ain't, gonna, I ain't going." <laughs> now, but if but if you knew there was a book that gave a schedule of when the buses ran and the location of the transportation that you could take and you could arrive rested. So if you walk yourself, you're going to be wore out. And every step, you're going to be a little bit more tired. Now, if you just could find out where this bus would be, if you knew what time it would be and where it would be, and all you had to do is get down to the corner. Now, if you did that and found that information out, and you made that same 20-mile trip, you'd be rested. Or you'd just sit for 20 miles, 20 miles, is not very far when you get on a bus. Now, if there was a book like that and I knew about it, would you want me to tell you about it? Anybody want me to tell you about it? You gotta make the trip. Would you want me to tell you about that book? If you had such a book, would you study it to find the right schedule? Every time we travel someplace where it's gonna, man, I look at I'll look at that schedule like nine ways to Sunday. You know, we were we were there overseas and we came back and the taxis were not running. They were on strike, and so we got off the boat. We've got an hour to get to the, to the to the airport. And man, I, you know, I'm asking everybody. I'm looking at everything. I'm, you know, I don't want to get on nothing till I know for sure. And and so, uh, you know, because I'm checking it out and double checking it. And but but. Hey, I was mighty glad to have somebody to direct me to a schedule. Now, if you had such a book, would you study it to find the right schedule, or would you just scan it and say you didn't see anything, so it must not be there, and then decide it's really, this book's really no help? Would you obey the schedule so you did not miss your ride, or would you show up when you wanted to, regardless of what the schedule said? How y'all doing? If you labored to read the schedule and knew the schedule and obeyed the schedule, you could rest on the trip. You could rest. If you live your life according to the desires of the soul, you may reject the book and the schedule. You may demand the transportation run on your schedule and go when you feel like going, but you will labor your entire trip, for the book does not obey you. You must obey the book. And the truth is, that's all it is. God says, I've got I've got a journey. It's a lot more than twenty miles. And it might be twenty years, it might be forty years, sixty, eighty, or a hundred. He said, But I but I've got a a schedule for you. He said, I can it'll tell you exactly where. You can get on. It'll t- tell you exactly when it's departing and when it's arriving. And you can get there rested. And that's what these two verses really are just simply saying. It's saying God says, you won't rest. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's our source. It's our only way. It's the only book that gives the travel plans that'll get us to the destination we want to be and get us there rested. Everything else is our plan, but you have, in the illustration, you see there are no other options except the book. Does that make sense? Tell me how wonderful the illustration was. Whoa, man. Oh, I love to be loved. All right. Brother Allen, you pray for us.